to What the Fertility. Today we have Bailey on with us who was diagnosed with premature menopause at 25 years old. So today she's really going to walk us through her very long journey through fertility preservation. So welcome, Bailey. Hi. Hi, we're so excited to have you. I am very interested in learning about this topic. I have a close friend that um, did fertility preservation. She um, did it because she didn't have a partner and she was in her thirties, but I am really interested to hear your story. If you kind of want to walk us through, I mean, really how you even knew at 25, you were going to have to walk this path. Uh, yeah. So, um, it was March of 2020 and we all know what happened around then. <laughs> um, and I was work, I, I'm an actor by trade, but I was working at a hospital as my like survival job. So I was one of those essential workers during the pan early days of the pandemic. I was living in Washington, DC. And um, so I was really stressed out. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, I started to get really bad night sweats, like really bad. And then my hair started falling out in clumps and I honestly just took it to be nerves and to be stressed, um, until about June or July, it just continuously got worse. And I was like, okay, well the pandemic has, it's continuing. So I feel like my stress level is a little less than it was in the early days, you know, when we were all like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, and so I went to my psychiatrist and was like, cause I'd read that maybe some of my medicine could cause those symptoms. And he was like, no, you've been on those meds for too long. That would happen if you just started. Um, then I uh, went to my primary care physician and he said, you're fine. It's no big deal. Um, and then I went to, I just happened to have an annual gyne appointment, uh, set up in July that I had set up the year before sure. and it didn't get canceled, which was exciting because during the beginning of the pandemic, every doctor's appointment you ever had that wasn't necessary was getting canceled. Um, so I told my OBGYN. Um, her name was Dr. Swanson in Virginia. Uh, I said, Hey, like, I think my hormones might be off. Like I'm sweating, like my hair's falling out. I don't feel good. And she said, Oh, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just run a blood test just to be sure. And I was like, okay, cool. And she did. And, um, took me seriously, which was nice. I thought it might just be my IUD. Um, cause those of us who have had an IUD, sometimes they can just make you go off a roller coaster sometimes. Um, and I remember I was sitting in my office at work and I got a phone call. Uh, usually, you know, when you get a lab results call, it's a nurse or it's, you know, a me medical assistant, but I got a call from my doctor, like directly. I can relate like, to that. Yeah. When you're the doctor and you're like, oh God, this is not what's wrong. Yeah. yeah. You're like, uh, and I remember sitting there and, um, she goes, so most of your hormones are normal, but your AMH is so incredibly low and your FSH is pretty high. Um, so you need to freeze your eggs. And I, I just remember being like, 
what? Like it is two o'clock in the afternoon. Like I'm not prepared to hear this. I didn't even know what any of it meant. I I was just kind of in shock. Um, and I didn't ask the questions I needed to, because I didn't know what to ask. Especially like I could excite your Instagram is so amazing. And is it at IVF with Bailey? Yeah. Yeah. So if you guys are curious, go on there and just kind of use all your stories are so good. I went through all of them. So it kind of talks you through the timeline, but even watching it, I was like, how in the world did she get even diagnosed? Because you, you're, you openly say like, I'm not ready to have kids today. So this journey has to be so, I feel like personally much harder because it's just like instant gratification, right? You're like, okay, well, like this is so hard. Just kind of wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I then, um, uh, two weeks, so I found that out. And then two weeks later, I moved to Illinois from Washington, DC to go to grad school. Oh, so, goodness. so even if I had wanted to do something about it, there was, I couldn't. Yeah. Um, I remember when I first told my husband, I was sobbing and just like full of emotion, just not really sure. And his, his initial response was, well, we can have a baby right now. I was like, Aww. no. Like, what am I? You're like, I'm 25. I'm going to grad school. I have plans, man. Yeah. I was like, no, we're, we're not doing that. And his, his heart was in a good place, but that's not right. what I had wanted to hear. Um, and so because we had always planned on having kids like in our mid to late thirties, um, just cause we got married really young. And so, and he just was finishing up his PhD. I was just starting to go to grad school. And I was like, out of all the times to have children, this is not the time. <laughs> like, um, so when I got to Illinois, I just Googled, um, fertility clinics. Because uh, that's all I, I had no idea what to do. Yeah. I was like, I guess, you know, and um, I found Vios Fertility um, and then um, met up with Dr. Jelani, who was, who is like Instagram famous, who I didn't know at the time. They just like gave me a doctor and said, here's your Zoom consult. And I'm like, oh, this sounds great. <laughs> I immediately recognized the facility name when you tagged it. Yeah. So they're really big out here in Illinois and like the Midwest in general, because they're like expanding, I guess. Um, So I had a conversation with her. Um, That's when I found out like freezing embryos is usually better than freezing eggs. um, Just because they tend to to survive the thawing process better. So going into my very first retrieval, and granted, this is my very first semester of grad school. Um, uh, I was pretty naive. Uh, I I was just like, oh, like we'll do this like once, and we'll like get all these eggs and embryos, and it'll be yeah, good. And like, yeah, well, you're exactly. coming. You're coming from such a unique place of not having tried for like let's say a year, so you don't even have like oh things don't work out. You're just like we're gonna do this procedure and we're gonna move on. Yeah, because I remember like growing up and um, like seeing People magazine, like Octomom, you know what yeah. I mean? So, like, it, I, you know, so I was just like watching Kate Plus A, like, I was like, oh my gosh, oh, yes. this is fine, like, this is not a big deal. Um, and 
the first, I don't know which round, I've done five rounds of IVF, and I don't know which one was the worst, but the first one definitely was terrible. Um, thankfully, my school's insurance uh, covers uh, the procedure, like the actual retrieval and the labs. However, my insurance does not cover any sort of medication, which we all know is the expensive part. Of course, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, I went in and the original plan was uh, we're going to freeze half as embryos and half as eggs. Um, just because Dr. Jelani like explained like, you know, I've had couples do only eggs and none of it works out. I've had people do only embryos and none of them worked out. So like, I would suggest like maybe doing half and half or like 70, 30. I was like, okay, cool. That was great. <laughs> um, I went into my first retrieval in November, uh, a few days after my uh, 26th birthday. Uh, and I came out and they were like, I can't exactly remember the exact numbers, but it was like, we got like 13 eggs and I was like, okay, that's not as many as like other people on Instagram get, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I remember getting the call with like the fertilization and they were like five fertilized and I was like, what? <laughs> and then, and then I remember getting the call saying two made it. So we're, and I, a lot of people have very strong opinions on PGT or genetic testing. Um, Christian and I don't share any genetic mutations or whatever, because we did all the genetic testing, uh, carrier screening. Mm -hmm. But I was, I'm a very firm believer in if I'm going to spend $800 a year to store an embryo, I need to know if it's normal. Okay, like, I didn't I, even think about that. You're having to pay those storage costs, especially if you're 26, for mm -hmm. almost 10 years. Yeah, so I was like, I need to know. So we sent them off for PGT testing, and one came back normal. Gosh. And that was, I think, kind of the, like the biggest slap in the face, because I was just like, one? Yep. You got one? Like, what the who's that like, what, yeah. you know what I mean? it, it doesn't equal all that work you did you're like no. i just did like for 13 days of shots and yeah. went through a huge surgery to get one yeah and um that was my hardest recovery process i got like mild ohss um but uh i remember being very upset and i we had our like you know, consult with our doctor and she was like, well, usually if you do it back to back, your body's already pumped up of hormones. So it's gonna, it'll go better. And I was like, okay, right, okay, I can it. do it. I can do it again. Like, I was like, I got this. I can do it. You're kind of like on that roller coaster. You're like, all right, I'm still in it. Like, let's just, I have the momentum. Let's go. Yep. Yeah. That one ended in complete failure. I don't remember. I think maybe I had like five eggs they got. I think maybe like three were mature. And then uh, I think that round they fertilized, but they all arrested like on day three. Mm. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, what now? And she's like, well, let's do a different protocol. So I, I jumped 
right back in. <laughs> and and like, all that's what I was going to say. Like what? God. Yeah. Like Amanda and I both went to grad school. So I truly, truly understand how difficult that had to have been. Yeah. It was really, really rough. I mean, anyone who's gone through a stem cycle knows how blah your hormones get and how uncomfortable you are and how upset you can get at any little thing um for sure so i did a lupron protocol in january of 2021 and i think that might have been the worst uh cycle i've ever done i was on stims for 23 days oh my goodness that's a long stimming process Mm -hmm. Yeah. So can we back up to the Lupron? So that was kind of something that they were entertaining with me. How long did they have you on Lupron? Cause it, isn't it kind of a long time? Yeah. Normally it's two weeks, Okay. but I went 23 days. Wow. <laughs> um, I was only getting four follicles, two on each side. Um, and originally they wanted to stop after the first week, stop, do like some estrogen and then restart. But I couldn't do that because the whole point of me doing the cycle over Christmas break was so that I didn't have to do it while I was in the semester, the mm-hmm. school. And so I refused. I said, no, I can't cancel the cycle. I can't do it. I, just, I, I physically can't. Like I have to go to grad school and my clinic is three and a half hours away. I, uh, I noticed that too. Yeah. Like you're driving six hours round trip every time you go there. Yeah. So, I mean, like props to you. Do that? Like, how do I do that? that? I get up at like cool. five in the morning oh and then I drive and then I come back. <laughs> I saw something on your, your story where you like had to stop mid drive because of your shot time. And you're like, well, I literally have to give myself a shot, but I'm not even home yet. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like in a gas station, like basically shooting up and I remember doing it and like uh, a guy in the gas pump next to me, like looked over at me while I'm like going like this, with the, the syringe. And I'm like, <laughs> like just trying to have a kid. Like legal, I promise it's legal. Yeah. I was like, I swear to God, like this is not what you think it is. <laughs> and like the other thing, and I'll let you get back into it. But the other thing is like, as you're speaking, I'm like, well, she can't just convert to an IUI because they don't want kids right now. So you're really limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that was the worst cycle mentally. Uh, that was also the time 23 days is a long time. And uh, I remember we, because my clinic that I monitor at is in a place called Aurora, which is three and a half hours from me. But the actual like retrieval main clinic is in Chicago, which is about four hours away. Um, And so we drove up to Chicago and I'd been on stints for 23 days and I was not happy and um we like pulled up to the hotel and um the night before because our my retrieval was at like 7 a.m the next day so there was no way we were going to get up at like two in the morning to go the day of um and we were in the car and my husband christian called um we were staying at a hampton inn and he called it the hilton and i screamed at him (laughs) 
just <laughs> full on meltdown. Like, what? It's a Hampton. What is wrong with you? Like, oh like just like completely off my rocker. Oh, <laughs> oh, I still relate to that. Oh my God. I had so many melt meltdowns and freakouts at my husband. So I get that so much. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, unfortunately, Actually, Christian's like, you need to apologize. And I'm like, I can't apologize right now. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> um, thankfully, he's a saint. <laughs> All of um, our spouses are, any spouse that goes through IVF and doesn't <laughs> leave is a yeah. saint. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, that protocol went terribly. Uh, I didn't, none of them fertilized. Uh, wow. Um, and I, unfortunately, because I stemmed for so long, I had to continue stems into the first week of, of grad school, the second semester. And so I remember I was, uh, and you have to do the shots at the certain times, right? And so when I'm a grad student, I teach undergraduates. I um, tend to keep certain parts of my life private from the undergrads because I'm, you know, I'm almost 10 years older than a lot of them, but I had to do my shots at a certain time. And I had a call back for one of those shows and I had to like go in a corner with my cooler and like give myself shots, like in the back of the theater. Oh, I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. But um, yeah. And then, so that, that failed. And that's when I decided I need a break. Yeah. We just did three back to back. Well-deserved break. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I had a very difficult conversation with, I have a twin sister. Um, we're fraternal. We're not identical, but I mean, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had a difficult conversation with my twin sister um about like would you donate your eggs to me um mm -hmm. at least a few um because then I'll, I would stop I would stop doing this and um she said she had to talk to her husband about it which I totally understood mm -hmm. um but basically the answer was no mm -hmm. uh because she was like, I need to have my own children before I can decide if I can do that. And I mean, I get it. It's, it's her body. It's her life. But it, that was hard to oh, hear. Yeah. That was very hard. Um, it felt, it, it just felt like, because I'd been through all of this, I felt like if the roles were reversed, I would do it immediately. Do you know what I mean? And I think, yeah, I think she probably, you know, just not going through it yourself. You don't know how exhausting and, and all consuming, all consuming of your life and your marriage and your career and school. That's, I don't have a sister, so that's super difficult for me to relate to, but just hearing it has to be rough. Yeah, that was a point where I was just so angry and so defeated and I just didn't know what to do because especially because when the nurses found out that I had a twin sister at the clinic they were like oh like just have her donate her like simple donate. solution yeah. yeah and I was like yeah that's not an option <laughs> um and that has taken some time to heal from uh, there are days where I'm still upset about it, but then there's days where I'm like, I can't blame her. Yeah. You know, it's her life. 
It's such a sensitive topic. And like you said, like the husband, you know, does have a say in it in a, in a sense. And uh, that's just so difficult. So yeah. I'm assuming she doesn't, I'm, this was probably like a year, a year and a half ago. So she probably doesn't have any kids yet. No, she's currently trying to have children right gotcha, now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, she's a surgeon. Uh, so I get it. She's in residency. She's busy. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I totally understand, but you know, it, it's hard to separate that sometimes, especially being a twin, Yeah. you know, like, but why? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I have a sister and we had so, a few conversations about that when, when I was trying and after my first, like when we had our miscarriage, my sister and I chatted about it. And then we even had the talk about, well, would you carry my children for me if I can't? And so we had those hard conversations and um, I mean, ultimately we did embryo adoption and I didn't have to, you know, use her eggs or anything like that, but those were uncomfortable conversations and having a sister, you then automatically think, okay, this is going to be my fix. Uh, but it may not always be that way. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah. People think it's an, e an easy mm. option and it's not like, I get it. Um, so, uh, uh, yes. Yeah, so then after that, I took a break, <laughs> uh, the spring semester and, um, I then in May of, well, <laughs> in April of last year, I broke my foot and, um, oh, uh, dancing. I was, I was in the dance concert at the grad school and I, I, I landed wrong and broke my foot during the concert. And, um, this was a week before I was supposed to start stims. Oh gosh. <laughs> um, and I was already on estrogen pills, like for priming. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I broke my foot and then I went immediately into testosterone priming. Uh, Cause that was the new protocol. I was like, okay, well let's do testosterone for two weeks. And um, testosterone makes you feel great if you're going through early menopause. Like it's it's pretty bomb. Like, it's like <laughs> I was on that too, and I I kid you not, that's so funny you said that. I literally felt the exact same way. My priming with when I had because I had different um, like protocols for my two rounds, and the one with testosterone, I felt amazing. Oh yeah, it was like all of a sudden I was a new person. I was like damn, I'm so good. Like, yeah, I mean, it made me feel amazing. Other than the only side effect I had from it was acne because testosterone can do that. And that was, that was the only bad part about it. But other than that, I was like, I feel awesome. Like I broke my foot. I can't walk, but I feel great. <laughs> and, um, so I remember going into that retrieval and that was last May. Um, and it was hilarious because I was in my boot and I couldn't really walk. So. I'm surprised they let you do it simultaneously. I guess why not? I mean, I guess you're not, you didn't have like a surgery or anything. No, no. I was just non-weight bearing for three weeks. And then I um, slowly started putting weight on my foot, but I still had to wear the boot. But I'm really going into the retrieval, like in my gown and my my like surgical cap with my giant yeah. ass boot on like and I remember like sitting in the chair like of the like procedure room and they were like so uh we need to take this off and I was like yeah probably that's, <laughs> that's hilarious, hilarious. <laughs> um my this sounds horrible but my favorite 
there's only one part I enjoy about retrievals, and that's the anesthesia. That's yeah, that, that is not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, ever, you it's like so anesthesia, right? What? I said, Kat, you don't do well with anesthesia. You, what was it again? You're just like scared of it or yeah, I'm just, I, well now I've been under it like six times, but originally I was terrified of it. And I, yeah, I know some people either love it or they're like, eh, not for me. I don't like the way it makes me feel after because it wrecks my GI tract. So it makes me so constipated with just TMI, but it's it's true. True. But it's so funny, like going in, like, especially after my, like, this is my fifth round at this point, And the anesthesiologist is like trying to explain it to me. And I'm just like, put it in. I'm ready. <laughs> I'll do it myself. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. So that round actually went well. I think I got like 13 eggs, which was a lot for me. Cause normally I'd averaged like anywhere between four to seven. Um, no, I got 17 eggs and then 13 were mature. And then, which was huge. Like, I I mean, clearly the testosterone prime did something for my body. And then I can't remember exactly what the numbers are, but then like, I think it was like five fertilized. And then I think three made it but they were day sevens, which means they aren't the greatest of quality, but mm-hmm. they made it. So then we sent them off for PGT testing. And then, um, I found out that two of those three came back normal, which was like a huge relief. I was oh, just yeah. like, Oh my God, it took five rounds <laughs> to no four rounds to get here. Yeah, was- and so at the four rounds, you now have three frozen embryos that are also PGT tested. Correct. Um, and I'm very nervous cause I have a lot of friends on Instagram and stuff, you know, who have like nine embryos and then like none of them take mm-hmm. right when they go to actually get pregnant. So I'm just like, you know, if I could have, um, a few more, I just wanted about five. If I was like, if I could have five, then I would feel better because three is a 70 60 to 70% chance of one kid. And I was like, I, yeah, what? I think that's so hard in your shoes because it's not like, okay, you have your three, you can be a little worried about it, but then you can start the transfer process and kind of, kind of shift as you move along. And for you, you're like, I gotta like, I gotta preserve, I gotta preserve now. And if I don't yeah. make the right decision now, man, that's tough. Yeah. And then, um, so that, since that cycle went well, I decided I would do another one, which I did this past November. Um, I retrieved uh, over Thanksgiving break and I did the exact same protocol that I did in May. And this was my fifth round and I got nothing. That's it. Um, so I got nothing out of it. And so frustrating because you obviously went through all the rounds and then you got so many, this last one, you're like, okay, that was the fix. Like the testosterone priming, that was it. So let's just do that again. And then to do the exact same protocol, but then get entirely different results. I mean, that has to be so frustrating. Yeah. And that one was harder because my husband, uh, this past summer got a tenure track position at Cal State Fullerton. 
so he moved to California this summer um, while wow. I finished grad school. And so I did most of that cycle on my own. Um, and thankfully we had frozen some of his sperm. So it wasn't like a big deal um, that he wasn't there, but that's hard. Emotionally. I mean, emotionally to do that by yourself. That has yeah. to be so hard. Yeah. That was really difficult. Before he moved, so your previous four cycles, um, was he giving you the injections or had you already started doing that? So we started when we very first started, my my husband and my mother came up for my mother came up for my very first round and they both did it. And then my second round, Christian did it. By the third round, I started doing it. By the fourth round, I said, leave me alone. I'll just do it. And then, right. <laughs> yeah. so, um, I, I had sworn. I was like, I'll never give myself a menopure shot. They suck. Like that hurts yeah. so bad. And now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> but it's, it's less, it's less coordination, less time. Just screw it. I'm just going to do it myself. Yeah. Like now I don't even like, I used to like prepare like I used to like ice my like the area and like all that so now I'm just like whatever just stick it in there like, yeah. <laughs> Not some people are like if you go really slow with the menopure like it won't burn as bad and I was like no I don't care like get it over with fast so, like, yeah push that sucker in as fast as I can. yeah I'm doing the daily Lovenox right now and that burns so bad and people are like just do it. and I'm like no I'm just just sticking it in there and going as fast as possible yeah, the only shot I have never given myself is the one in the ass for the tr the trigger oh, shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Or like I've done like the progesterone. I will never ever give that to myself. Oh yeah. No, that's too long of a needle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much of a margin for error. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, okay, so that was back in the fall, right? This last correct. one. Mm -hmm. Um, and that went. So it went horrible. I didn't get anything. Um, and that was devastating. I mean, I'd already been so out of the two, so we've had done five rounds and only two had gone well. Yeah. Well, in quotation marks, I got one from the first and two from the fourth. Yeah. Um, and I was pretty devastated. Um, I didn't know what to do. We'd spent so much money. I mean, I'd spent like maybe $11,000 on that round alone, just on medicine. Cause I, I'm on very high stim. Um, I'm a very poor responder. So I usually am on like 225 of menopure, like 475 of folostim. Um, and 475 of folostim, like that barely covers two days. God. And those pens are even the, even the gonal F ones like the off brand. They're like, a, they're like 900 bucks. a, a so, pop. Yeah. yeah. Um, thankfully some people on Instagram were very kind. Um, when I asked if anyone could uh, donate some meds and I had some really awesome people like send me some men that yeah. I needed. Cause I use, I mean, when you use four to five vials of men a day, like that's, you know that's that's like a box yeah. <laughs> so um that did save us some money which was nice um so then i was just devastated i didn't know what to do and um these last couple months have been really difficult um because i 
I don't know about y'all, but I feel like when you're in this cycle of doing retrievals, it almost feels like you must keep going. Like you don't want to leave the atmosphere. You don't want to leave the schedule. You don't want to leave the people that you've met. Um, it just kind of feels like I have to, cause this is what everyone else is doing. And I, and it's almost too frightening to imagine what it would be like to stop. Yeah. I mentioned, I've mentioned that before where it's like, because the end goal, clearly anybody that's going to go through an egg retrieval, like they, their, their desire for a child is huge. Right. And so like, you just, you're like, there's no other option. If I stop, I'm eventually going to have to start back up again. And I'm going to, and I don't know if I'll have enough courage to start back up again once I stop. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I, I was so upset about our dev or around in November that went horribly. Uh, I spoke with my psychiatrist and Christian and my psychiatrist was like, enjoy your break, enjoy Christmas break. Don't think about it. Don't even consider what you're going to do next. Just enjoy your break and yeah. then think about it when you come back. And I think that was some of the best advice I got. And I had told Christian to like tell his parents and my parents, like, I don't want them to mention it. Yeah. Like don't even Good. hear yeah. about it. And, um, thankfully no one did. Um, because, uh, that summer before I had said, I don't want to talk about it. And my mother-in-law started talking about it. I was just like, because oh. she like, she like had to like have her tubes untied to have Christian because he's a product of her second marriage. And like, yes, she did go through some, like she took some Clomid and stuff like that, but it, it's not, that was almost 30 years ago. Like it's a little different now. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't, I can't, I can't talk about this, especially not with my mother-in-law. Like I, I, like, I just, this is different dynamic, right? Uh, no. And she's the sweetest woman I've ever met. And I love her to death. And I was just like, nah, I don't want to have this conversation. Like, no. <laughs> and uh, thankfully no one talked about it. No one mentioned it. Um, they all knew it went horribly. Um, Cause I don't, keep that a secret um especially because my parents and my in-laws and my grandparents have helped us pay for it yeah um uh but um had a very nice christmas got to see christian got to spend a whole month with him because you know he doesn't live in illinois with me and um uh, when we went to california after the christmas to spend time with my dog and um and um Christian and I had a long conversation and, and then continued to have some long conversations after I'd left about what we were going to do. And I, I kind of had an, like, this is, this is like a, this is a, this is a trigger warning for people out there. But, um, I was in such a dark place when I came back um, just so upset about how horribly these have all gone and how I felt like my body was betraying me. And I have, to, I'm on hormone replacement therapy. So I have to take estrogen patches every, um, few days. Um, and I still get hot flashes. I still go get all the menopausal symptoms, but, um, but they're less so. Um, but I just felt 
trapped and I felt like my body was failing me and I was having suicidal ideations um, because I just didn't know what else to do. I, my husband wasn't there. I was alone. I was struggling in school just with some personal problems. And I, I just felt like a pull from every side about what to do. Yeah. And um, thankfully I went to my psychiatrist and, you know, mentioned all this and talked to him and, you know, I'm on different meds now and, and now I'm in therapy, which I absolutely hate, but I'm there. <laughs> I, I don't like to talk about my feelings in front of other people. Um, I like to keep it all bottled inside. <laughs> You're doing um, a great job today. Yeah, I, I, I thought that. <laughs> um, and so after all of that, uh, had another long conversation with Christian and we decided that we'll do one more round. We'll do round six. Um, this June, uh, I am doing a three month hor- uh, human growth hormone prime starting now. Wow. Then I'll do a two week testosterone prime and then I'll do a retrieval in June with stems and all that. But I, I, I just, I mentally and physically and financially can't do more. I mean, six rounds is a lot. That is so many. Six is definitely on that upper end of like, there's probably only a small percentage of people that have gone through that. Yeah. And I, I had a, a, you know, follow-up appointment with my RE, uh, Dr. Jelani about, you know, next steps. And I told her, I told her flat out, I said, this is the last one. If it goes poorly, this is the last one. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, I love her to death, but she's like always optimistic and she's like, it won't go poorly. And I'm like, but that's what we said. The last yeah. Yeah. Right now the odds are not in my favor. We've done five and two have gone poorly. If I do six rounds and it goes poorly, that's two out of six. That is pretty shitty odds. <laughs> so pardon my French. <laughs> yeah. I'm so invested in this for you for the sixth one. I mean, I just, for, from my perspective, I didn't, I didn't, I went through one egg retrieval, but like for me, pregnancy wise, it was kind of the same thing. Like, gosh, I've been pregnant seven times. The first six didn't work out. Why is this going to be different? Why would I want to try again? And I, I can relate a lot to just how you're feeling, um, in a totally different space though. Yeah. And it's hard because, um, I have a lot of friends on Instagram who are going through egg retrievals, who are going through FETs, but not very many of them are doing it for preservation. Um, And that's difficult um, because there's like a point, there becomes a point where it's like you're invested in, you know, their egg retrieval and, you know, what happens. But then they, for me, when they start on their FET process, it's kind of like, I can't relate as much. Like I, I'm rooting for them, but at the same time, it's like once they get pregnant, uh, and, it, and if it goes well, it's kind of like, okay, well, <laughs> I, I don't really have a whole lot in common anymore. Not there yet. Yeah. And, um, and it's been really hard because I have two great friends of mine who are, one lives in Chicago, one lives back in DC and both are pregnant right now. And 
it's a different kind. I, I know some women who are trying to get pregnant and can't get pregnant. I can understand the way they feel. Mine is almost in a way when I see them, I'm happy for them. I'm excited for them. But at the same, because I don't want a kid right now. So I don't have that yearning desire of like, oh, I wish it was me. But there's this frustration and jealousy that comes with like, you got a baby for free. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's really hard to reconcile with, you know, for me to be so happy for them and they're on a different stage of their life. I'm happy. I'm so glad that they've decided to grow their families. But at the same time, it's so frustrating because they don't know what it's like to not know if this will ever work. Mm -hmm. No, and I can totally relate to that even And I, so I have a four month old and we, um, did embryo adoption. And so I still even like seeing friends or family members or whoever that get pregnant, just super easy. I still grieve right now of, oh, well, I mean, you got pregnant one super fast without having to pay all the, all the cost of, you know, IVF and all that. But then also that like genetically, you just like have a kid that's biologically yours. And not that, I mean, my son is like my best, the best thing that's ever happened to me, but I still have to grieve the fact that I won't biologically ever have my own. And so that's even something that I like, I mean, yeah, I still am grieving. And I think that's something that may always be there. Um, And so that might still stay with you um, of just, you know, I mean, we wish it could be that easy. Everyone does, right? If we go through this process, you know, but unfortunately just didn't work out like that for, for us, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's so amazing for you to do embryo adoption because I can't imagine how difficult that is. I mean, I follow some people on Instagram who've done it and I'm just like, I can't, like the idea of donor eggs to me is kind of foreign and kind of difficult to grasp, but I can't imagine embryo adoption. So like I applaud you for having made that hard decision because I know it wasn't easy. Oh, for sure. Yep. And like you said, we have, so we have two in the freezer. So I totally get you're paying for them to just be, you know, frozen right there. And then also you wanted to make sure that they were tested. So I totally get that. That was like one thing we really looked at when we were going through the process of adopting embryos, we wanted to make sure, you know, they were tested and cause there's untested embryos that people donate all the time. And I just couldn't um, go through that. Like, I was like, if I'm going to pay for this. And after we went through a loss too, I was like, I don't want to do the transfer process and everything. If you know, they might be abnormal. So I totally get that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, Christian and I have kind of decided good, bad, or ugly round six is probably going to be it at least for now. Um, I, maybe I'll do another one when I move out to California, but, um, do you have like a target number that like you feel comfortable with? Is there like something specifically striving for of like, okay, that's enough embryos in storage. I'm good here. If I could get five total, if I could get just two more, I would feel comfortable, which is hard because it's like two more. That's not that many, Yeah. but like the way my results have always happened, it's like, I'll get these eggs and then our fertilization is always really low because 
quote from the embryologist, your eggs are really hard. Hmm. Like, I guess they're hard to penetrate. Interesting. Interesting. They're such bad quality and which is so frustrating because like I've done all of the, you know, it starts with the egg, like get don't eat whatever you take all these supplements and it still didn't matter. So I'm just like, uh, you know, screw it. Like, like if that didn't work, then I'm just gonna continue to eat and live my life and, uh, you know, not worry about it. Like, no, Cause you literally not a good difference. <laughs> I'm rooting for you so big. I can't wait to follow along on the, on your Instagram. Like you share everything so nicely. So I'm um, good luck. I Thank hope like you get two. I hope you get like five. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I got one more, I'd be pleased <laughs> like, at this rate. But um, thank you guys so much for letting me come on. I saw your your new Instagram account a few months ago and was like, oh, I want to talk to them. They seem cool. Like, yeah, this was, <laughs> this was so you. informative. I'm so excited to share this. And I mean, I personally know some friends that would be really, really interested in hearing this story and, and just your journey through what, what fertility preservation looks like. Cause like I said, at the beginning, you know, I'm in my thirties. So I have a lot of friends and family members that are in their, you know, 34 and up that actually don't have a partner. And so they're like, okay, well, like I really want a kid. And I, I just shared on my Instagram yesterday, I had a friend, she's 31 was like, I'm going to be a single mother by choice. And then ran into all of these problems, like recurrent loss and diminished ovarian reserve. And she's like, Oh my gosh, I got to do it. And she just delivered her little boy yesterday. So, oh, that is um, yeah, I love this topic and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing everything. And we will definitely be following along. Yes. Yeah. Best awesome. of luck, Bailey. Thank you so much.